Hello, and welcome back to To Be Human. Thank you for coming and listening today. My name is Lauren. I am the host of this podcast, and this podcast is about all things that I'm exploring in my life right now. And sometimes it's me. So far, it's usually just been me talking about spirituality, life's life stuff, um, unblocking limiting beliefs, what's inspiring me right now, how I get through the days, the weeks, the months, struggle, how I get through struggle, struggles, and ultimately hoping that um, beyond just therapy for me, it helps you and inspires you. So that is To Be Human in a Nutshell. And today I have my first guest of the pod. Her name is Sarah Salinas, and she is a human design reader. If you haven't heard of human design, it is, well, she'll explain it. It's a little bit, it goes a little bit over my head as far as the explanation goes, but I like to think of it for all of us people who haven't heard of it before. I like to think of it kind of like astrology, but I know it's not. It's a bunch of other things altogether, um, how the energy fields in our bodies work. Um, and it's all, it is all based off of your birth chart. And you, when, if you do your human design reading, um, you can go online and find it at mindbodygraph.com, I believe. And I'll put that in the show notes and you can, you can, um, get your human design chart and that will show you what kind of, um, like human design type you are and all kinds of other stuff. And so she reads these charts. So she knows the ins and outs of each of these types. There's five different like big types, but there's so much more to it than that. But this first half is it's so I broke this into two halves because we ended up chatting for two hours, which is unbelievable. And I didn't want to let any of it go. I thought that it was all interesting. And it was about her. Uh, this first half is a lot about her journey to becoming spiritual and spirituality without religion um, and kind of grappling with that difference there, um, how to be spiritual without religion, which I think a lot of us can grow up feeling like those two things are the same and and then get older and want to search for meaning without the idea of having to go to church or be part of an organized religion. So we talked a bit about that. We talked about sobriety. Um, she's also recently sober and not drinking. And we talked a bit about our journeys there. We talk about her and her husband and how they met and how kindred spirits they are as far as meeting and being in love now to this day. We talk about spiritual practices. But by spiritual, I really mean just like personal development practices and getting to know yourself, which is what I think of in the umbrella of spirituality. I think a big part of spirituality is getting to know yourself and learning how you can be the best human that you can be with your own mind and body and heart. And so we talked a bit about some of our favorite practices, and I asked her about some of hers, which were, were really enlightening. We talked about, and then we talked a little bit about the beginning of her kind of binding, 
human design or how she she puts it is human design found her and really just wouldn't let her go. Um, and we get into that and that's the first half. And then next week I'll release the second half, which is much more about human design in and of itself. Um, so I would recommend tuning into both both pieces. They're both really interesting. But next week is the human design portion where definitely have your chart in front of you. Go to mindbodygraph.com or .org. I can't remember. And get your chart. Um, I'm a manifesting generator. Some of you out there might be as well, which means all kinds of really cool stuff. And we chat about it a little bit in this episode and a lot of it in the next episode. And at the beginning here, you're going to hear us talking a little bit about our technical difficulties we were having, but we sort of just jumped right into it with talking about her and her husband, and I wanted it to be included. So um, yeah, at the beginning, you'll hear us kind of decompressing from what had been probably 30 minutes of tech challenges. So thank you for being patient, Sarah. And again, just so new at this that... I have no idea what's going on and everything is just a work in progress. So, yeah. So with all of that said, I hope you like this episode and I would love to hear what you think of guests on the podcast and if you like that. Um, And I had a lot of fun recording with my first guest. So if you have any ideas of people that you think would be good guests for this podcast, please, please, please send it over to me on Instagram um, at to be human pod, just DM me. And I want to try to connect with those people because um, I'm really looking for some more inspiring, cool people to have on this podcast to talk about life and our spiritual journeys and just being human and what it all is and what it means. So if you know anybody or have anybody that you think would be good for this, that has an interesting or unique perspective, I would love to hear about them. Um, And yes, if you like this, please rate, subscribe. Thank you so much to all of you guys that have already rated and subscribed. Um, It really does help other people find the podcast and grow the podcast. I have, starting this week, a bit more bandwidth to really put into this. And I want to make it something that is really impactful. And So I want to hear your thoughts and feedback and let me know how you think it could be more impactful. I know that a lot of these episodes have, it's just me getting started. So it's all kinds of different audio quality and um, I'm sort of rambling in a lot of the episodes. And I know that that there's a lot of ways that it can improve, but I don't know if you ever created anything where when you're in it, you can't really see it for what it is. And you sort of got to get like outsider eyes. It's like when you write a word over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden it doesn't look like the word anymore. It looks like a different language. Um, I kind of feel like that in my creative pursuits, at least this being one of them where I like black out during the whole thing. And then I, and I have no idea how to see it with clear eyes. So if you have ideas on how I can make each episode more impactful, if you have any ideas on content that you would like to hear about or guests or any of that, I'm open to all of it. This is for all of us, not just me. Um, and that's what I've got for you. Enjoy this episode with Sarah Salinas. Oh, take deep breaths. (laughs) Let's let me pause that so really quickly. <laughs>
<laughs> literally ah oh my gosh we will never forget this yeah. <laughs> to say the least i'm trying to just in case since we're going to be talking like human design i'm going to have your chart up just for reference just in okay. case Perfect. I also have mine up and I have my friends up um, because she asked me a couple questions. And so, um, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. But okay. Yeah. You know, when you're ready. Okay. I'm just going to cleanse. I'm going to like do some pause and something quick. Not that I'm in like a bad mood, but like that was a lot. Like I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Because I was like, hello, hello. And like it wasn't working. And then I tried to get, like, my sister's laptop, and it's, like, old, and it wasn't working. And I was like, oh, my God. Michael's like, just try your phone. And it worked. So. <laughs> What's Michael's type? He's projector. We're okay. both pretty much twins. Like, we're both projectors. We're both three fives. We're both um, triple splits, which you're a triple split. Um. We're basically twins, but also polar opposites, like, in so many ways, but, like, so similar, so. And we've been together a million years, literally. <laughs> we've been together 11 years, like, we've been together forever, like, we met when we were literally kids, like, we worked together at Subway when oh I was 15. And he had just turned 19, and, like, he's my first and forever and only boyfriend and all that stuff. So we'll be celebrating our 11 years a little later this year. Wow, oh, that's that's um, quite a tale. 11 years. Did you guys ever break up in that time? Mm-hmm. Really? Well, we had – okay, so my family was super, like, religious and controlling, so, like, we had a quote-unquote break, but, like, only in my parents' eyes because um, back in the day when flip phones were a thing, you could log into, like, an IM system on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so even though they, he, they, like, blocked him out of my life, I'm so sneaky if I want to be, and I had to be growing up. And so I found a way to still be able to communicate for, with him because, like, the whole thing is, like, he's four years older than me. We met when I was 15, so the age wasn't appropriate and all these things. So, um, but for the year and a half that we weren't supposed to be talking, we were totally talking and seeing each other, and my parents never knew. So. Oh, my gosh. So, so when you guys have, got back together, <laughs> literally, like, we never, yeah, so we, like, we've been split up, like, not from our own doing, like, um, like, because of my parents, and they're like, no, like, we're gonna have them put in jail, and like, all this bullshit, and then I turned 18, and they're like, well, as long as you live under our roof, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna move out, and so I moved out, and then he moved from Waco, which is like two hours from Dallas, and he moved. So we were like, except we were long distance, and then I moved here, and we've lived together seven years. And we got married almost two years ago. It'll be two years in July. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a that story. Blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's a story. Yeah. Uh, what's funny about Michael though is like I. Uh, I'm a dreamer like I have visions like all the time when I met him and stuff started to happen even at like 14 15 I knew he was gonna be the guy I married like really? I just, like, you saw I it in your dreams 
Mm -hmm. I dreamt about him. And like when stuff started happening, just like little things, I'm like, you're the guy that like I married, I married this guy in my dream. And like fast forward nine years later, we got married. So he's literally the man from my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And did you tell him that you were dreaming these things? Um, once we started like dating and whatnot, I did. And like, I, we've never, it's never been a thing where like, we haven't been like together. I don't know. Like if we have like, it's 11 years worth of like a story, like it's just, but I was sort of like, I knew you were my person. Like I knew when I was like 14 turning 15 and we started to like get to know each other, like you were my person. Wow. You just had like a soul knowing just knew it and I remember telling you know it was God but I use universe now but I told the universe I was like I don't want to date around I want the guy that I end up dating I want that to be my one and only person oh my gosh (laughs) so you're a powerful manifester at that age at least I I guess so because I got I got 10 years under my belt so yeah but I just I didn't I didn't want to date around I wanted to give my heart to one person like I was very like headstrong on that and it happened so where do you think that came from was that like um learning from your parents and sort of doing something different than them or the same as them or was it uh, just a gut feeling that you had so I've always been really sensitive and I've I've always been like a very visual dreamer. Things happen. Like I just, I know when things are going to happen sometimes. And that's always been a part of me. And I remember I kept having this reoccurring dream for like years and years and years. And I've always had dreams that come true. Like I just, I've always, I've always had that. I've really young memories of that. And there was this one dream I had where, like, I know it was dark outside. There was, like, a sidewalk and a wall, and there was, like, this light. And me and this guy, like, came together, and, like, I think he gave me a hug or maybe a kiss or both. I don't know. And I kept having it. I kept having it. I kept having it. And so a couple months into knowing Michael, uh, we had started dating and I went and brought him like a Starbucks cause that was so cheesy. And he was like, I really want to give you a hug, but obviously that's not appropriate cause there's cameras go meet me around back. And it was dark. There was a wall, there was a light and we both like walked together. And when that happened, I stopped having that dream. Wow. That just gave me goosebumps. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I've always known, I've always known he's my person. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, good thing that he felt the same way. (laughs) I guess so. I mean, I don't know. And it's not that I was like, you're going to marry me. It was just like, we're going to be together. Like, yeah. mm, It's that calm knowing that they talk about in manifestation too, where it's like, it can't be this desperate energy. It's just a calm, like knowing. And that's Mm -hmm. just, that's what like, makes you magnetic exactly yeah and even I grew up in like a super religious family and like they didn't want me to be with him because for whatever reason and you know he wouldn't marry me and he was like no he's like I want to make sure that I can be the man I need to be before I marry you and there's the door if you don't feel like you can wait around but like I'm not gonna do I want to make sure that I can be everything I need to be for you Mm -hmm. and he ended up getting a much better job three years ago and I remember he came home with the paperwork 
and he, he handed it to me cause he got the job and, uh, he goes, now I can focus on making you my wife. Oh and my God. Proposed, and then he proposed, uh, later that year. So, like, it's cute. Yeah. That's so cute. And did you know that that, was, that that moment was coming? Or were you just, like, sort of patiently waiting? So, <laughs> like, maybe forever? So, he made the mistake of um, having the ring shipped to our apartment. And I just happened to pick <laughs> up. And I, like, shook it. And it, it was, like, clunk, clunk. And I was, like, <gasps> That's what it is. And yeah, he, so we joke about it now. He's like, you were nosy. I'm like, no, you had it delivered to the door. <laughs> How is that I my couldn't fault? have tried less. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Yeah. And what's interesting is like he ordered the ring and then um, my Meemaw had passed away because he was going to propose to me on 11 11 because he knows I'm a really big numbers person. And she passed away around that time. So he's like, I'm not going to, like, her meemaw just died. Like, I'm not going to ask her. So he waited until our, um, it was, oh, what was it? I'd have to look. It was either our 2000 or 3000th day together. And I remember, and I have it in my phone because I'm a really big numbers person. And I remember just kind of telling him, you know, 12, whatever, I'd have to look because I have so many dates memorized. But I was like, this date is our whatever thousandth day. And he proposed on that day. And he was like super cheesy and was like, um, you know, you've spent the last 2,000 or 3,000 days with me. Will you spend our whatever thousandth and one day as my fiance? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so cheesy, but it was so cute. <laughs> of course. It's always cute when it happens to you. <laughs> but when yeah. I talk about it, I'm like, Ugh. like, because anytime I, because I'm not the most like lovey dovey, mushy gushy, like romantic person. Like, I just don't take things that seriously. So whenever I talk about it and people are like, oh, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's cute. We're cheesy. But talking about that type of stuff with someone else, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like a peek into a side of you that they don't see, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I don't show it often because he's so sacred to me. Like, he's the most sacred part of my life. And part of me thinks that's why we've lasted so long because we both keep each other like we're very sacred to one another and like our relationship is our relationship and you know you wouldn't if you looked at my social media most people may be like oh you you're married because I just don't you know I'm like Michael yeah. isn't my life he's just a really big part of it you know so but yeah. I don't know like that's the most sacred part of my life because that's the part that I want to be the most like nurtured and like I don't know like I'm we're both the same when it comes to that like our relationship is our relationship and like it we're the only ones involved in it so like we don't need everybody else and their opinions because like I don't know if I told you but like I'm one of 10 kids and so I had a big big family and then he has a big family so like all the outside opinions it was just it was a lot so sure. So have you guys always had that, like, had each other's back even since you were young and kind of had known how to communicate this to each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's always. really incredible. Yeah. He's definitely, like, I don't talk, 
I don't, I don't say like, I don't talk about them often, but it's like, I don't necessarily share our story often. Cause I don't know, like, it's just, it's so sweet and sentimental to me. And again, it's just, it's so sacred. Not yeah. that I don't love talking about it, but I'm just like, no, I don't, I've, I don't remember the last time I had this conversation with somebody about Michael. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I could get real cheesy about it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, so there you mentioned this knowing that you've had and you've had dreams since you were young and the numbers thing. Um, can you tell me and whoever's listening a little bit about your spiritual, your spirituality before you even maybe knew what spirituality was and, and where it's come to now and how you kind of define that? Sure. That's actually, I love the way that you worded that because you know, the family that I grew up in, you know, it is what it is. And I've had to do a lot of my own work around finding what's true for me when it comes to spirituality. Because if someone asks me, you know, are you religious? No, I'm not. You know, if they're like, do you believe in God? I'm like, yes, but I don't like the word God because that's associated with a man in the sky. And that's not what I believe. But I do believe in like the universe, source, higher power, whatever it is. And so for me... Back in the day, growing up, you know, I've always, I pick up on things, I get chills, you know, I smell things, I see things like dreams are a huge part of my life, huge part of my life. And it's, it's, it's always been there. Like I know when something's going to happen or like deja vu or whatever it may be. And so growing up, because it was so religion based and like Christian, I thought that there was something wrong with me because I was able to pick up on stuff like that. So for me, I genuinely thought it was the devil. Like, that's just what I thought. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought when I would see things or I would sense things, like I thought it was like a demon out to get me. Like, I swear to God. So it scared me. And so, you know, I feel like most people, when they hit their, like, late teens, early 20s, that's when, like, our party phase happens and independence and, you know, all that stuff. And so I remember when I moved here to Dallas seven years ago, I remember asking for it to go away. Like, stop. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to know these things anymore. And it did. It stopped. Wow. Wow. Like I just, I completely stopped seeing things, hearing things, knowing things because I was so sensitive, so sensitive. And so that's when my like alcohol became really bad. And like, I don't suffer with eating disorders anymore, but like I was the big kid of my siblings. Like when I was 13, I was almost 170 pounds. So it's like, that was a really big part of my life. And so just like all of these like physical things and all the numbing out and depression and suppression, like that completely dims your light. It just does. And so in 2017, um, that year was probably the hardest year of my life yet. And like, I thought I was going to lose my job every single day in 2017. I was in such hot water out of nowhere. I've been with this company five years, never been in trouble. And it just, anything that could have gone wrong, went wrong. Mm-hmm. I lost friendships. I racked up so much debt. I'm still paying off. And 
just everything was falling apart. I was drinking two to three bottles of wine a night type of thing, like too much tequila, just it was so bad. But I was so depressed and I was suppressing everything. Mm -hmm. And it was in, I want to say September of 2017, I went to go have my typical glass of wine or three or five. And <laughs> Girl, I know. <laughs> dude. And it tasted like poison. Mm. Like, and it's my favorite wine, at least at the time. Yeah. I tried to take a sip and I like, I couldn't. So I put it down and I went back to it <clears throat> the next day and it tasted like poison again. And so my stubborn self tried again and I even tried like another bottle. It tasted even worse. And it's been since then, I haven't been able to drink anymore. Wow. So I've had maybe five drinks and all of those drinks were pushed on me that yeah. I've had that I had but like nobody asked me you know or really pushes if I'm like no I don't drink anymore I don't judge you for drinking that has nothing I'm not triggered by it but like I don't drink yeah and when that first glass of wine tasted like poison were there moments before or times before that that you were questioning if your drinking was unhealthy or Anything that led up to that moment that indicated that there would be a time when you would just, like, not be able to consume alcohol again? No. Really? No. It so interesting. Literally just, it just, it was like, like the universe was, like, snap out of yeah. it. Yeah, because totally. Because it wasn't until after it stopped, because I unwillingly stopped. Like, it, there was not something I wanted to do. Like yeah. You're like, like, I want to be numb. Literally, like, that's how I felt. And so it was just, I just, and I was stubborn. I mean, I tried four times, four times in a row. Like, it's not like yeah. I was trying to stop. I couldn't do it. And so <clears throat> all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of, like, detoxing, if you will. And... As the year was wrapping up, I felt the need to purge everything in my house. Everything. Mm. Like, there was, there is not one thing that I did not go through in my house before 2018 rolled around. And then when 2018 rolled around, that's when I started my yoga practice. That's when I started you know, using Oracle cards and crystals and healing myself and release writing. And, um, I actually just came up upon the anniversary of, uh, finally sharing that I was sexually assaulted, uh, five years ago and seven years ago. Um, and like that anniversary just came up, but it's like, I was doing all of this inner work and I was no longer suppressing. Mm -hmm. Because again, like I was drinking so much because so much was going on and I didn't know how to cope with it. Mm -hmm. And I was having, it was like, it came back in like full force and something that I suppressed for seven years because I blamed myself when it was not my fault. Mm -hmm. Like it, it had to come up and out and it finally did. And then that was a really big catalyst for things. And it's like, all of my spiritual gifts came back full force as the year went on. Like I went from having visions again and like picking up on things. And like, I, I don't ever, at least I don't ever remember 
being clairaudient, but like I'm clairaudient now. Like I hear things, I hear my spirit guide, I hear my intuition, you know, I feel like sometimes I hear my meemaw and different things like that. But it's like, it's interesting how I stopped drinking unwillingly. (laughs) And then I swear, like it was, that was not me. Um, And then it was, I'm coming up on a month. I haven't been able to drink coffee. Oh no. Leave us to our vices, spirit guys. Like, so I've been having to like matcha it up, but it's like I was sweating through my clothes. Oh wow! And like, I went from drinking coffee for like seven years, and it's not like I drink it. I drink like one cup of one cup a day, like no big deal. And like, it was making me feel like I was going to die. Like, it was so bad. And so, but I remember listening to this podcast and I actually re-listened to it and it was in the second time it was like, I actually heard it. And this lady was talking about how, when you're a light worker, stimulants and suppressants dim your light Mm. and how, if you're a healer and you're a light worker, your vessel needs to be completely clean, clear, cleansed and open, which makes sense because it's like the last two to three years that's what I've been doing is I've been detoxing and now all of a sudden all of <laughs> starting to happen. yeah um but it, it's been a process the last three years like you know 2016 I started using things like essential oils and like cleansing my home of uh, just all the toxins if you will and then 2017 was like my diet and alcohol and then 2018 was everything internal. So it's like it went layer by layer by layer by layer. And then it finally, it's almost as if it like reached the depths of my soul. And it finally was able to like basically cut through all the bullshit. And then that's where like all of a sudden human design started to happen. Like I write poetry. I'm very into all things esoteric. And that would have been so frowned upon in my upbringing. And, but it's like, I had to peel back the layers Mm -hmm. to actually find like who I was on the inside. And it, I mean, it it took three years to do it. Yeah. Which in the span of your life and considering how long young you are, I mean, what a blessing. Yes. But not an easy, not an easy route to take. And that's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is that the easy route to take is definitely the numbing one, the one where you avoid having those conversations with yourself and working through those things. And, um, and you just continue to avoid those things and you sort of have a, um, mediocre life and, Mm -hmm. and like, who the fuck wants that? But it's, it's harder to do the hard thing. It's harder to do the hard thing of giving up the things that make you feel numb or release you from pain in those moments um but you know we're we are realizing on the other side and and being able to be on this other side of uh, having a little bit of distance and clear and clarity from the thing that we are numbing ourselves with that god this is what life is actually supposed to be and it's supposed to be it's supposed to have this much depth you're supposed to keep digging deeper and deeper the like older you get so i completely relate to that and um 
I've been going through my own like spiritual awakening, like didn't grow up religious. So I didn't have a lot, a lot of shame or anything built around it really, but definitely just was a staunch atheist who thought that like God was a ridiculous concept. And it was completely ridiculous to believe that there's anything other than us living and dying on earth. Um, But when you believe in magic, you see it everywhere. And so I, yeah, I love all of that. Um, And I wanted to say that, um, oh, I was just going to say, so you were, you've been doing all this cleansing from layer to layer to layer. And one thing I heard recently, um, and to take a step back, like I'm also a huge extrovert. So I've always, but especially when I was drinking, I was going out all the time, like pretty much every night, especially when I was traveling, because it's so cheap to go out in Mexico and Latin America and stuff, you know, and drink a bottle of wine for 10 bucks or whatever. And, um, and I, and I just loved the buzz of being in a bar. And even if I was just on my laptop working and all of that, and as I've stopped drinking, and that's a pretty recent thing, but just even in general, as I've started to go inward, I've realized that I've also gotten more quiet and craved less of that, um, the need to like be around people that aren't nourishing to me. Did you find, did you experience anything like that? Like a a desire for quietness that you hadn't really felt before? Yes. So in, I want to say between 2016 and 2017, that's when, because I never like, I had my own version of being a partier, if you will. Um, And it got, like I said, really, really bad in 2017. And I lost quite a few friends, but I definitely, like, I want to say the biggest cleansing or purge or detox happened in 2018 because I was getting to the root of a lot of things. And so when you find the root to, you know, trauma or, you know, just whatever it may be, um, the people that are your mirrors, once I feel like once you mm-hmm. finally face your own shadow and you face that mirror for something that's kind of like a test, you're no longer tested. And then mm-hmm. things go away. And so it's like, you know, I have a couple of friends that have stuck by my side, you know, from my like drinking days. Um, we may not relate a whole lot anymore and we may not see each other all the time you know um my love for them doesn't change but it's like my life looks completely different in every single way with every single person that's in my life and it's like there were very 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 few people that went into my 2018 with me Mm -hmm. if I'm being completely honest like when I say I like left 2018 with maybe two friends like, I'm not like, like two friends. Yeah. And then, like, you know, some of them came back in 2018. Like, I rekindled some friendships and I've made some new ones and I got rid of some in 2018. But it's like, I've always been a people person. And so it's like, depending on who I'm around is who I become. And even on a human design level, that's very true for me. I'm a chameleon. Um, so I have to be very mindful. So it's cool to see where I'm at now, or even like right now, we're having this conversation about spirituality. I can't, that's not right. I don't necessarily just talk spirituality with everybody. 
if you come mm-hmm. on my Instagram, yeah, you're going to see it because that's me. But it's like I have <laughs> maybe two really close people, like my best friend and my sister-in-law, where we, we geek out over spirituality. Like me and my sister-in-law are reading this book right now about like past lives and where do we go when we die and like freaking out over it. But it's like it's such a big part of my life. And it's honestly probably the best part of my life. It's the best part of me because it's in my spiritual practice that I feel the most supported and connected. And like, I've met so many people mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so cool. And like, I've never have felt so me mm-hmm. all the shifts that have happened. And I didn't understand it at the time. Yeah. I, I understand it now. I really yeah. understand it. There's a lot of that seeking connection that comes along with partying and drinking. That's yeah. You know, we're seeking that being in love with our gang, you know, like these are my people and they're my, you know, and all that. And when you transition into a life of not drinking and you look at and you reexamine and and you reexamine those friendships, you might find that you don't have a whole lot in common with those people anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. totally okay in my eyes. But I wonder if you have any, any advice for people who might be thinking that they maybe don't connect with some of their friends anymore, especially women. I think it's hard for us to let, to, to figure out how to let friends go. Um, because we want to communicate the things. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice or thoughts on people who are, who are realizing maybe that they don't necessarily have a whole lot in common or, or have a hard time being around some of their old friends and how to navigate those waters? Sure. Um, my immediate answer is boundaries and like boundaries start with you, not the other person. So if that person loves you to the ends of the earth and then you decide that, let's say, for example, you stop drinking, well, does the love still remain? Does Mm -hmm. the respect still remain? And if it doesn't, then that's not, you know, that's not on you. That's on them. And that's okay. And so it's one of those things where, you know, I may be offered a drink and I say no. And if it's pushed, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not that, I mean, some people, they're going to phase out, but it's like, again, boundaries start with you, not the other person. So are you someone that you hold yourself accountable for not drinking? That accountability comes from within you, not somebody else, because you have to respect that about yourself. And so that can go into like, you know, your spiritual beliefs or politics or where you stand on all those things. Are you strong in that? Because the people that aren't for you will phase out because, again, there's mirrors and the people that are for you that will support you will come in or certain friends will grow with you. Like I have, you know, my best friend in the whole world, she grows with me through every single season. And, you know, I have some where it's like, we're kind of at a standstill. I love them to death, but it's like, I'm not going to pour as much into them because we don't relate on that level anymore. It doesn't mean that I don't love them and I won't be there for them. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to go over and put myself in a situation where I'm a new question. Well, why don't you drink? Why don't you do this? We don't do blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. I've evolved and you can love me unconditionally or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. And that's like, you. I'm okay either way. Like yeah. I've gotten to the point where it's like, I love you, but I don't need to 
and I don't want to say stoop down to your level, but I don't need to go back down to that level to, you know, be around you or hang out. Like there are other things that we can do because drinking is such a thing. Like I get that. And again, I can, you know, I had my almost 30 event yesterday. They had mimosas and I had a kombucha. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't judge any, it wasn't like, oh my God, how dare y'all. But it's like, everyone respected the fact that I didn't drink. Not a big deal. But I respect about myself. I respect that myself. That's a boundary that I have with myself. And it took a year to get to the point where it's like, nope, I don't drink. Thanks though. You can do it. I judge you for it. I'm not offended, but I don't drink. Thanks Yeah, (laughs) That's great. Um, Have you heard the phrase tall fences make good neighbors or something along those lines it's, no, it's, never the, that. <laughs> it's boundaries right so it's like if you build your fence tall your neighbors know where your boundary is um your friends know where your boundary is if you make it clear um and i i always think about that when we're talking about boundaries because i think it's re- so relevant but boundaries. awesome any of my friends what is there about communication and boundaries And they know exactly what all of them are. And it's like, if you want to be a part of my world, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And that's how it is. Because think about it. You could look at drinking as the same where it's like, if you push a drink, that could literally be the same level of someone offering you a drug. Totally. But drugs are more frowned upon than alcohol, but they're equally as bad if that person's no is a no. Yeah. It's equally as disrespectful. Yeah, I heard recently Ruby Warrington, who wrote Sober Curious, and and for everybody listening, who knows where this podcast is going? I've been talking a lot about sobriety on here, and this isn't a sobriety (laughs) podcast by any means, um, but we have this thing in common, and I found that this is a common thing with a lot of lightworkers, healers, people of this nature are really questioning alcohol in their lives and maybe have been sober for a long time quietly. Um, and this is sort of a conversation that I'm trying, I'm, I'm not trying to do anything really. It's just, it feels natural to me to scream it from the rooftops because for so long I was like a heavy drinker and now I'm not. And it's just like, I don't know. It seems like it shouldn't be a taboo. So with that said, um, Ruby Warrington said that she thinks that she wrote Sober Curious and she said she thinks that, um, alcohol is the new cigarettes. She thinks that in five or 10 years, people will look at alcohol like people look at cigarettes now like they do it shamefully they you never ask your like if your friend says no it's a no you would never be like do you want to smoke a cigarette no come on just smoke one cigarette you know exactly Um, exactly and she thinks that we're coming to like we're getting towards a level where that will be the same thing with alcohol because it really is just the fact that it's socially acceptable It's yep. not because it's any better or worse than anything else. And and it's just so weird to, well, it's it's not weird. It's sort of mind-boggling to think about that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I yeah. agree. It's funny. I'm going to, I'm going out of town for a bachelorette this weekend, and I'll be the only one that's more sober than sober gets. Um, and I, you know, I told the bride, she's like, not even, cause she knows I don't drink. And she's like, not even just one. And I looked at her, I was like, not even just one. Yeah. Nope. And, and why does it matter to you also? Exactly. It's like, like people want you drinking cause they want you to have a fun time. And it's like, just, just know that I'll be having fun or I'll leave. 
like, literally like that's yeah. how I feel and so it's like you know but she she left it at that but she's like not even one and I looked I was like not even one yeah good for you yeah. <laughs> and it and it stands, know, but yeah, yeah. Like, nope okay I don't judge you for it I'm not gonna be judging everybody and give them the stank eye but don't push it on me yeah I don't push do you want some heroin like, it's, that's the way that I look at it, too. Like, I wouldn't push something on you if it wasn't, if it was something that was a no for you, you know? I mean, so. even marijuana, even, like, weed. If somebody's smoking weed, they never, people don't push that on each other. They're like, okay, cool. And then they move the fuck on. <laughs> exactly. But alcohol, for some reason, it's socially acceptable to push. Like, push you're your lame if you don't drink. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. So true. Yeah. It's totally not true, but hey, whatever. <laughs> we <Yeah>. know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, on Saturday night, how you can't get less lame. On Saturday night, I wrote notes to all my ex-boyfriends and lit them on fire. There's nothing less lame than that. <laughs> but I'm over here like, can I please join you? And I'm gonna write one to all of my ex-friends and like family. Like I'm like all I'm actually like in the process right now of like getting like um like because I live in Dallas and so I'm wanting to start like a women's sober non-fitness related group where we get together and like do stuff like that and do like Love oracle readings and like let's cook and share a meal let's do moon circles let's go for a hike let's go for a coffee date because it's like to me it's like you can have fun and you can connect and you can build community outside of the alcohol and fitness community and that's something that I've wanted but I haven't been able to find so I feel the need to create it so because it's yeah. totally uh, there's a need for it I mean I live in yeah. New York City as as you know and everything exists here <laughs> I'm so lucky and I feel so lucky to have moved here at this time in my life where um I get I like need those options but I've met so many people like that and there is such a need for it I, I started going on Monday nights my friend this friend that I met at a dance a sober rave um that I went to a couple weeks ago on Monday nights she started because she saw a need for it she started vulnerable as fuck meetings where yeah. She so, has a bunch of random people come. She just meets people and she's like, hey, do you want to come over on Monday? I'm doing this thing. And we come over and she like makes cacao for everybody. And she has all these prompts. And it's like, these are the questions that you're talking about with your best friends that you wish that you could talk about with everybody. But instead we talk about the weather, like fuck the weather. Let's talk about this stuff. Yes. And it, it, they're awesome. And people feel connected and they sometimes people are drinking wine and things like that it's not really like a sobriety event but it's the point is it's, it's like what are we all craving here what are we all looking for and it's not it's not getting wasted and, and not remembering conversations with your friends you know exactly. but we're craving that we're craving connecting with our friends and that's just how we've been socialized to do it mm -hmm. yeah because yep. it's so, easy so why not yeah. do something that's easy, you know, versus like actually talk about how you're feeling and feel how you're feeling. Because mm -hmm. when we feel, we heal. And sometimes when you feel something out and you talk it out with a friend, all of a sudden it's like that that thing that you once had all this power over you no longer does. Mm -hmm. but like you've got to feel it out. That way you can heal, you know? Yeah. It's so. like Lacey Phillips said, which I know you love her or you at least follow her um that what you don't own owns you if exactly. you don't own those shadows and those traumas and 
I want to ask you a little bit about that later, but um, yeah, absolutely, totally. And do you have any, we're going to get into human design next, <laughs> but um, just really quick because you mentioned it, do you have any favorite practices for feeling into your feelings and, um, you know, just really getting deep with yourself? Um, any favorite practices or things that people can do? Yes, I have my favorite and this is something that I've noticed that I mention in session more than I don't. So I'm a really big fan of release writing. And the way that I do it is um, like whether it's something I'm feeling or something I'm wanting to process or just sit with. Like I just need to sit with it. And like I'll just put, you know, dear, one of my recent ones in December was like dear money. And the way that I've noticed that I end up my process for writing is I put everything that's on my conscious mind that I consciously believe about money mm-hmm. as page long. And then all of a sudden it was like when I got to page two and three, all my subconscious stuff came up and every single bit of it was linked back to my parents and my grandparents. Oh, shit. I love that so much. I'm obsessed with that practice. Okay, keep right? going. And yeah. so it was like conscious, and then I tapped into my subconscious. And then as I'm getting all the subconscious stuff out, I'm like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Because it's like I've always felt conflicted about mm-hmm. money. Or I did. I don't anymore. But I did. And so it's like all my conscious stuff, I found the subconscious. And then that's when I would, like, rewire it, if you will. And I wrote, I don't believe that I have to stay in a toxic relationship just because of the money. I don't believe I have to be controlling and, you know, just all these things. And so I rewired it. And then I talked about, you know, I don't want to work an eight to five for the rest of my life. I want to be creative. I want to be successful. I want to be abundant. I want to be a human design reader. I want to be a poet. I want to be a photographer. And I just wrote all these things on, like, I rewired it. And then, you know, flip to the next page and I end everything in gratitude and a prayer. So the gratitude for this one was like, dear family, thank you for showing me exactly who I don't want to be and what I don't want to believe around money. Thanks a ton, but I'm giving this back to you. And then I ended in a prayer where it's like, you know, dear universe, angels and spirit guides, thank you for helping me get through this letter. Thank you for helping me face my shadow. I ask that with you know, my symbol or my way of showing that I'm letting this go is me ripping this up and me burning this after. And I ask that this be completely surrendered back to the universe and that financial abundance comes to me. And what's crazy about this particular letter, and that's how I like structure all of my letters, um, is uh, 666. A lot of people are like, oh my God, that's the devil. Um, <laughs> 666 actually means financial abundance is coming to you. Okay. And so (laughs) So I wrote this letter and within a three stoplight period, three stoplights, I saw five license plates with 666 on it. Wow. Yeah. And so I go home and like, I had to go run to one of my friends, birth- uh, her daughter's birthday party. So I didn't get to burn it. But when I got home the next day or 
the next morning I woke up and I went outside on my patio and I burned it and I said my prayer and I let it go. And typically after this, cause again, you're, you're stirring up energy. If you think about it, whether it's writing or not, especially release writing. So I always uh, cleanse the area that I was in with Sage and myself. And I asked for any remaining energy to see its way out and go back into the light. But if you don't want to go back into light, at least leave my home. You're not welcome here anymore. And then I'll set the tone with Palo Santo and I'm like, I ask for financial abundance and creativity and all these things. And then I'll pull cards. And it was interesting because I pulled two or three cards, but the first card, which typically represents the past, the card was literally shadow self. Whoa, that is giving me goosebumps. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And the last card was... uh, think it's my card where it's like the golden crown and it literally started with congratulations on your journey so far how far you've come basically be on the lookout for all these amazing things that are coming to you and then two weeks later all the human design stuff started happening whoa yeah like it's that's my magic sauce is release writing it's just I don't know if it's the way I have it structured or planned but like when I need to process something Whatever it is, that's exactly what I do every single time. Okay. Every single time. I love that. So can we recap really quick? Because I feel like this this is a really good, um, <laughs> a really good like practice. So you do your release right, where you write from the conscious mind. Eventually, things start flowing from your subconscious. Yes. Keep writing until you just you can't. You don't feel like Basically, writing anymore. Basically, it's like we're done. Yes. Okay. And then you do a gratitude and a prayer. Yes. So conscious, subconscious, rewire. Okay. And then gratitude, whether it's good or bad, but always in it in gratitude because you're either a blessing or you're a lesson, if you think about it. Yeah. And then I end everything in a written prayer, rip it up, burn it. I personally cleanse myself and my space after because I'm really big on energy. And then typically I'll pull cards after just to like confirm that what I did is what I needed to do. Amazing. Okay. I love that so much. I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. And any area in my life that I've addressed to like peel back a layer or face a shadow, I've done that practice. And I've basically, it's evolved over time because I noticed the things that were working because I just, I don't know if it's the projector in me that pays attention to everything, but I just noticed that when I write it this way and I do my cleansing and prayer and burning and all that stuff, like it's just, it's absolutely magical. Okay. So that's oh. what I do. I love that. Okay. And okay. So you just said projector, which, which really gets us around to the topic of this conversation. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in all honesty, everyone can go to other podcasts that you've done. And there are a lot of podcasts on manifesting or sorry, on, um, I was looking at my chart and <laughs> 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 um, on human design and, Um, so a lot of people can get like a high level. I definitely, of course, want to go over it, but I think that what makes every story interesting is the person that's creating and the person that it's coming from, right? That's kind of the magic behind it. So I love that we could get into all of that. So thank you for sharing. Um, so now let's, let's jump into how you you've talked a little touched a little bit on how you got started with human design but maybe the last like year of um when you found out about it until now okay cool so i'll see how because it's quite the story but i feel like i can cliff note it um (laughs) 
Um, so around a year and a half ago, not quite a year and a half right under it, um, I heard about human design on the Almost 30 podcast. It was the first time I ever heard about it. And I immediately was like, ooh, I like that. And then I, like, went to the website and I was like, what the fuck? That's way too much. Thank you. Next. Like, no. (laughs) Too much. And what's interesting (laughs) is it is. And so I, you know, I was listening to podcasts and I was looking at YouTube. Like, I was interested in it, but I was just kind of, like, I don't know, like, teasing the idea of it. And, um, I had this fire under me to learn an esoteric system. So I was like, maybe astrology, maybe numerology. And the whole time it was human design, human design, (laughs) human design. And I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. And fast forward about six months into last year, I, um, I just, it wouldn't leave me alone. Like when I say human design found me and pinned me down, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) And I started seeing 444 everywhere and just like, I was pulling. 444 basically means like, this is something that you need to pay attention to in regards to your life's purpose. Okay. Like, like, I was like, really? Like, no, no, no. And like, anytime I would talk about human design, I would see 444 or I would see triple digit numbers. And I'm like, what in the world? And so I remember sitting down in my car and I grabbed my roomy Oracle deck and I was like, I need to figure out what's going on because this is not saying it sounds kind of weird to say it was haunting me, but it wouldn't leave me alone. And, like, I'm someone where, like, I'm really big on signs. And I'm like, okay, if I hear about human design without me going out of my way to listen to it or hear about it, then, you know, that's what I need to do. And I kept saying that. And I would listen to some random podcast that had nothing to do with human design and it would get mentioned. (laughs) Or I would see it over here and I'd see it over there. And I'm like, what the hell? So I sit in my car and I did a pull where it's like what, why, how, and to tie out like the outcome if like and I just that's how I pulled it and in summary it was basically like stop putting this off do it now hello and welcome back to to be human thank you for coming and listening today my name is Lauren I am the host of this podcast and this podcast is about all things that I'm exploring in my life right now. And sometimes it's me. So far, it's usually just been me talking about spirituality, life's life stuff, um, unblocking limiting beliefs, what's inspiring me right now, how I get through the days, the weeks, the months, struggle, how I get through struggle struggles, and ultimately hoping that um, beyond just therapy for me, helps you and inspires you. So that is to be human in a nutshell. And today I have my first guest of the pod. Her name is Sarah Salinas and she is a human design reader. If you haven't heard of human design, it is, well, she'll explain it. It's a little bit, it goes a little bit over my head as far as the explanation goes, 
But I like to think of it for all of us people who haven't heard of it before. I like to think of it kind of like astrology, but I know it's not. It's a bunch of other things altogether. Um, how the energy fields in our bodies work, um, and it's all it is all based off of your birth chart. And you, when if you do your human design reading, um, you can go online and find it at mindbodygraph.com, I believe. And I'll put that in the show notes. And you can you can um, get your human design chart, and that will show you what kind of um, like human design type you are, and all kinds of other stuff. And so she reads these charts. So she knows the ins and outs of each of these types. There's five different like big types, but there's so much more to it than that. But this first half is it's so I broke this into two halves because we ended up chatting for two hours, which is unbelievable. And I didn't want to let any of it go. I thought that it was all interesting. And it was about her. Uh, this first half is a lot about her journey to becoming spiritual and spirituality without religion um, and kind of grappling with that difference there, um, how to be spiritual without religion, which I think a lot of us can grow up feeling like those two things are the same and and then get older and want to search for meaning without the idea of having to go to church or be part of an organized religion. So we talked a bit about that. We talked about sobriety. Um, she's also recently sober and not drinking. And we talked a bit about our journeys there. We talk about her and her husband and how they met and how kindred spirits they are as far as meeting and being in love now to this day. We talk about spiritual practices, but by spiritual, I really mean just like personal development practices and getting to know yourself, which is what I think of in the umbrella of spirituality. I think a big part of spirituality is getting to know yourself and learning how you can be the best human that you can be with your own mind and body and heart. And so we talked a bit about some of our favorite practices, and I asked her about some of hers, which were, were really enlightening. We talked about, and then we talked a little bit about the beginning of her kind of finding human design or how she, she puts it as human design found her and really just wouldn't let her go. Um, and we get into that and that's the first half. And then next week I'll release the second half, which is much more about human design in and of itself. Um, so I would recommend tuning into both both pieces. They're both really interesting. But next week is the human design portion where definitely have your chart in front of you. Go to mindbodygraph.com or .org, I can't remember, and get your chart. Um, I'm a manifesting generator. Some of you out there might be as well, which means all kinds of really cool stuff. And we chat about it a little bit in this episode and a lot of it in the next episode. So with all of that said, I hope you like this episode. And I would love to hear what you think of guests on the podcast and if you like that. Um, and I have had a lot of fun recording with my first guest. So if you have any ideas of people that you think would be good guests for this podcast, please, please, please send it over to me on Instagram um, at to be human pod. Just DM me 
And I want to try to connect with those people because um, I'm really looking for some ins- more inspiring, cool people to have on this podcast to talk about life and our spiritual journeys and just being human and what it all is and what it means. So if you know anybody or have anybody that you think would be good for this that has an interesting or unique perspective, I would love to hear about them. Um, And yes, if you like this, please rate, subscribe. Thank you so much to all of you guys that have already rated and subscribed. Um, It really does help other people find the podcast and grow the podcast. I have starting this week a bit more bandwidth to really put into this and I and I want to make it something that is really impactful. And so I want to hear your thoughts and feedback and let me know how you think it could be more impactful. I know that a lot of these episodes have it's just me getting started. So it's all kinds of different audio quality and um I'm sort of rambling in a lot of the episodes and I know that that there's a lot of ways that it can improve. But I don't know if you ever created anything where when you're in it, you can't really see it for what it is. And you sort of got to get like outsider eyes. It's like when you write a word over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden it doesn't look like the word anymore. It looks like a different language. Um, I kind of feel like that in my creative pursuits, at least this being one of them, where I like black out during the whole thing. And then I, and I have no idea how to see it with clear eyes. So if you have ideas on how I can make each episode more impactful, if you have any ideas on content that you would like to hear about or guests or any of that, I'm open to all of it. This is for all of us, not just me. Um, and that's what I've got for you. Enjoy this episode with Sarah Salinas.